Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron, this is Caleb. We're just grateful just to be with you guys again today um, as we just keep this thing rolling, uh, season two officially, um, because it's uh, year two. But, uh, um, I just want to, man, just encourage you guys, check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of that, um, and just wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to, to leave just phenomenal reviews, Apple, Google, Spotify, and all of that, and then be sure to check out Caleb's book, Pursuing Freedom, get your copy today on Amazon. Um, but, uh, man, if we keep this rolling, um, I'm pretty excited about today's topic. Um, Kayla and I have been talking a lot kind of <laughs> offline about this lately. Um, and it's about bending the world um, to, to your will, um, basically. So you want to introduce it? Yeah. So, so it seems to be, you know, the, some, something that's coming up here lately. Um, looking for, always looking for ideas. And, and this has been, I've seen this with people that uh, we've walked through, um, uh, through the, their uh, addiction recovery, and um, you know, one of the sources of frustration I find with a lot of people is that they're they're just mad at the world because it's not doing what they want it to do, <laughs> and it <laughs> makes me think of that. The, you know, there was a Simpsons episode where I think it was like a, a news or like a headline where it's it's Grandpa Simpson and he's he's got a fist and he's and then the headline was like you know old man shakes fist at, at the sky, and that's <laughs> that's what a lot of people um, <clears throat> in 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 recovery or or an addiction or like sometimes is that you know there's a lot of frustration and anger there because things aren't going the way they want to and and you know they just are getting angry and frustrated at you know people or circumstances or um you know themselves and thing you know just just any sort of thing that um you know a lot of stuff that's just outside of their control and it um you the message we had uh, what is today what day is yeah. today's a wednesday yeah, yeah so that we're recording and um so this Monday's um, uh, message at, at our at our big group, you were talking about, um, you know, that was like the point number one was like, you know, start sucking it yeah. up and make some changes, basically. Yeah. And so, but there's certain things that we can't change, you know, and that's that's what we're going to talk about today. Is that, you know, we're not going to waste our time and. and continue to, to kind of, you know, cause yourself a lot of angst, being angry at things that we can't do anything about and, you know, quit expecting the world to change. And this is, you know, this seems to be a pretty, uh, uh, uh large scale problem that's going on, especially this younger generation in which they think that everybody in the whole world should cater to their whims and their desires and how they view the world. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the whole pronoun thing, like I need you to call me whatever I feel like in the moment yeah. instead of like acknowledging. I'm going to change the English language and you're going to deal with it. Yeah. So I'm going to, yeah. I want you to change the, the, the language to fit my, my, what I, how I view the world and how I view myself and everybody else needs to accommodate that. And that's like, no, that's not how the world works. <laughs> it shouldn't, this shouldn't be how it works. And too many people are, are, are going along with that. And that's a, that's a big problem. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we're talking about is that instead of trying to force the world to bend to you, you need to acknowledge the, the, the reality, you know, actual reality of, of your situation, of your circumstances, um, look at the things you can change, work on those kinds of things, and then, um, you know, accept the things you can't and, and then learn to deal with them. Yeah, um, you know, it is one of those things that we are, we're going to continue to face stuff in our lives and there's just certain things out of our control. Um, I know an area for me personally is just, uh, it's been politics. Um, politics has the ability to consume my life, <laughs> my attitude, everything makes me incredibly angry. There's only so much I can do about that. That's vote, you know, so I vote. 
outside of that, um, you know, the other 364 days a year, I can just be pissed off. Um, and <laughs> it doesn't really work. I mean, no matter how mad I get at, at the world or, you know, at, at the system or, or what's going on, um, I can't do anything. Uh, and so, you know, even in that, trying to find some balance, I'm going to be informed and I'm going to just do what I can. And what I can't do, I'm going to set down um, and just leave there. And, you know, I know for the last couple years, um, one of the things that's really just been on my heart heavy is just that reminder that um, I'm not a citizen of this world. I'm a citizen of heaven, right? As we are adopted into Christ's family and we become Jesus followers, that um, that that's where our focus needs to be, you know, storing up treasures in heaven, you know, um, putting our, our time and our attention to that. And, you know, so when it comes to the world, if it's not adding value to that, it's probably not valuable. You know, it's it doesn't it's it's just one of these things that that will consume us. Um, and so just being being mindful of that as we move forward and in and, and making investments where they matter. And um, it is it takes a lot of wisdom. I don't always have it. Um, if I'm being honest, but but I want to, and I, and I see so many people struggle in this, and I want them to. Yeah. So the <clears throat> the first thing we need to talk about is um, things that we're gonna we got uh, three main points here that just different areas that you can't always change, and that we have to acknowledge that, and and just be willing to work in our in, in the reality of the situation. So the first one is you can't always change your circumstances, okay? So there's so many things in about our lives that, that are just kind of, you know, the, these are the cards that we're dealt, right? The, the, the place that you're born, the circumstances you're born into, right? If you, you know, um, how, how wealthy your family is, or do you, you know, is it, do you come from a, you know, uh, lower income family do you live in a lower income area versus a, you know there's obviously more opportunities in, in certain circumstances than other circumstances um your parents right we don't get to pick our parents we can pick friends we can't pick your parents your parents um you know and and so you're kind of subjected to the kind of parents that you have and the the environment in which you're raised in um you can't pick um you know things that happen to you right so you could be doing everything perfectly in alignment with God's will and, and doing everything you need to and, and still get, you know, T-boned at an intersection and, you know, lose function of your legs or, I mean, there's just so many things that just happen to us. Those are our circumstances, circumstances that we cannot change. Um, and so instead of railing against that and just saying, well, this isn't fair, this isn't fair. It's not fair that, you know, my parents, I come from, some, you know, uh, a family without a lot of money. Um, it's not fair that, you know, physically I have these limitations. It's not fair that, you know, Aaron, it's not fair that he's never going to be over six feet tall. Yeah, you know, <laughs> It's not fair that I, I went bald in high school. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, although it made my transition into the army really easy, you know, yeah. it's like <laughs> it wasn't that shocking when they shaved my head. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's not that much, not, much, not that much different. But um, there's certain things we can't change, and so instead of railing against those things, we just have to acknowledge that. Well, this is what I, this is kind of the hand I've been dealt, and, and and all we can do in those circumstances is play the cards that we've been dealt, and we can change our attitude about that circumstance, right? So some people may have to overcome some more some some greater hurdles than other people. You know, so is life, right? Yeah. And that's not to to diminish or to to take away from your struggle, or um, you know, to say that what you have to overcome isn't difficult. But you know, kind of we again back to the message that we had on Monday. Um, you know, you can sit there and be a victim, and, and I'm not telling you not to. I'm not telling you not to. Um, 
you know, understand or to, to feel sadness or to feel uh, frustrated at your struggle per se. But at some point, you do have to make that decision that, that you go, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start living my life. Or, I mean, you can decide to sit there and continue to be a victim and, and say, well, this is, I'm, I'm just a victim of my circumstances and nothing's ever going to get better and I'm never going to live my life and nothing's ever going to change. And I mean, I, you can do that. I, I don't know what kind of life that is, but at some point you have to say, okay, I'm going to do what I'm going to do what I can with what I have. Yeah, and I've seen people on both sides of this. Um, there's a gentleman I know. Um, he's uh, he's got all the potential in the world. I mean, he really does. He's one of the most gifted guys I've ever met in my entire life. He comes from awful circumstances, awful family. Um, you know, type of things where dad was giving him alcohol like when he was eight years old because he thought it was funny and having him. Um, hold the crack rock on the ride home in case the cops stopped him, you know? And so, like, he's all, all of that, and here, here's his circumstances. So clearly he came from nothing. But um, even with that, I mean, he, he could have done anything. He could continue to do anything if he so chose to right now. He has everything that he needs, but he holds on to the circumstances. And I've been in so many conversations with him where he's just like, you just don't know where I came from. Well, um no, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> it makes no bearing on who you can be right now, today, in this moment. I mean, especially in this country, for crying out loud. Um, and then yeah. I know another guy, um, my my younger cousin, one of them, and uh, he's he's a great great young man. But uh, you know, growing up, he was you know very handsome, very athletic, very intelligent, top of his class kind of guy, and he was um, doing very well. No matter what he played, you know, he just excelled at it. No matter what subject it was, he excelled at it. And then when he was coming into his teenage years, he got smoked by a car, (laughs) you know, bad thing. Um, his legs no longer work. And so here's this guy who, you know, had all of this taken away from him. I have no doubt he would have had, um, scholarships for, um, athletics and, and all of this, you know, and so he, he goes through the season where he can no longer do the things that he loves. He spent, man, so much time and missed so much school because, you know, surgery after surgery and going up to the children's hospital with the Shriners and, and all this back and forth. And through all of it, you know, the kind of the expectation was, you know, everyone's like, oh, his life is ruined. I remember thinking that his life's ruined. This kid comes out of it um, with a, a phenomenal attitude begins to view it as a challenge this is what i'm dealt i'm gonna overcome this i'm gonna crush it and so as he's had no legs man he's lived a fuller life than me a kid like certified diver (laughs) water skis you can water ski without legs (laughs) i didn't either (laughs) i mean just uh ended up he's still got athletic scholarships to college for wheelchair basketball and he played sled hockey didn't know that was a thing yeah can play hockey without legs so um, but this begins to approach life completely different. Um, completed his degree in, in political science, works for a startup in, in Texas somewhere, um, and has been, I mean, he ended up being one of the poster children for Shriners Hospital, literally, on posters in airports, um, and doing motivational speaking for people uh, because he didn't allow his circumstances to define his position in life. I mean, again, I mean, and I don't know that I could do the same if I lost my legs with him. I mean, I would probably be dead from an overdose, but, you know, he, he just, man, he, he rallied differently. And it's just this shining example of, again, a guy with no legs has, has done more than me <laughs> in so many ways. And I just look at him, I'm like, 
I'm such a piece of crap. <laughs> but it's this is what it is. It, it's attitude. Attitude drives us. Circumstances don't drive us. I mean, here, there may be some countries where circumstances do. Yeah. And if you're listening to this in, in the U.S. of A., that's not right. you. That's not you. I mean, it's it's attitude. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if you're sitting there every day trying to figure out where your water is going to come from, like that's yeah. that's going to dominate your life for, for the time being. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, if you're here in the United States and you, you mean, yeah, you don't have to worry about, you know, clean drinking water and I mean all your basic necessities I mean there's so much that you can do with your life and it's just a matter of your attitude and I'm pretty sure I think it was Zig Ziglar says that your attitude determines your altitude right and so that's I mean and that is very true and it's if you don't know what dysentery is you're probably doing fine yeah (laughs) (laughs) so so what do you what do you do with that so what do you do with your um um, not dysentery but what do you do with your (laughs) um you know, okay, so so you're looking at a bunch of circumstances you can't change. Well, here's what you do is you is you, you do look at what you can change, right? And then you make some sort of plan, and, and then you have to put it to work, right? So if you're, you know, financially, if you're in a, in a place um, where you struggle, then, um, okay, well, what can I do? You know, can I, can I work two jobs? Can I, you know, and, the, you know, and sometimes some people look at the things that you will have to do to get out of some difficult circumstances, right? Like, so your cousin, you know, I'm sure had to go through a lot of rehab and had to learn how to, you know, um, learn how to, to use things to, to be mobile again. And and that's, that's very difficult and painful and all that. But, but that was a season, that was a a brief period of time in which you had to do extra work in order to overcome some of these obstacles. And some people look at that and they think that this is just what it's going to have to be forever. You know, I'm going to have to work two jobs forever. It's like, no, you just have to do it long enough to get yourself into a different position maybe it's maybe you have to work two jobs um, to pay for you to go to school so then you you get a skill set that's going to pay you better in a single job that's going to give you freedom financial freedom um, you know I had to do that when um, we found out we were pregnant with twins we knew that um, you know at some point Jill was going to go on bed rest because pretty much anybody who's pregnant with twins is, is uh, you know, has to go on bed rest. Well, it's like, okay, so... so you guys didn't <clears throat> just wait till that happened? No. You know, I actually planned ahead. I said, well, okay, so we need to start saving money. And so I, you know, here I am. I mean, I have a bachelor's degree. I was working, uh, I was doing computer animation. Not cool animation. We were doing architectural animation. So don't ask me, oh, did you do any, like, Pixar movies? Like, was, that's always, like, the first <laughs> question. Is like, no, I didn't. I just built buildings in a computer. And, um... But I needed to, to, to do something, uh, start working extra so we could put away money. So I, I became a, a school janitor at night. Well, that sounds like it's beneath you. Yeah, yeah I know. I was the, the highly educated school janitor. <laughs> Work's work. I'm not yeah. above any sort of work, you know. So I would do my job in the day, and then uh, in the same community I, I worked at, I would just go to a school and then work from, you know, 5 to 9 or 10 or whatever, Um and I did that for, I don't know, a few months till she went to labor. Yeah. And then, you know, but then after that, I didn't do it anymore because I didn't need to do it anymore. Um, was it pleasant? No, it wasn't. Had, there was a time that <laughs> we got into the winter and, and the whole, uh, you know, stomach flu was going through the school and we were <laughs> disinfecting everything even more. And I, and I got it from working at the school, which is absolutely awful. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I mean, it stunk, but I had to do it. You know, and so it was just a season. You do those things for a season, and then you move on, and you move into a different phase of life. And so, look at what, what you can do something about. Figure out a way to get out of those circumstances. If if you if you don't like where you're at, work your plan. Right? It's one thing to to make a plan. It's another to work it. Work your plan. Realize it's only for a, series, a season of time. 
and and start making some, making some changes. I mean, that's 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 your choice. You can continue to be a victim, be stuck in your circumstances, or you can make a plan to get yourself out of it and do the work. All right. So that's uh, that's we can't always change our circumstances. Now here's here's the one that we really struggle with. We can't always change other people, right? Yeah, I would argue you can almost never change other people. <laughs> right. You know, and I've, you hear so many people, and I, and I fall into this too. You just get so angry at other people. Oh, they're just, what is wrong with people? Well, you know, who knows? <laughs> I mean, where do you start? You know, some people are just stupid. Yeah. And that's, <clears throat> you know, well, that's, that's not a very Christian thing to say. Well, it's a very honest thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some people are, and, you know, that's, you have to learn how to navigate people. And that's... Um, for somebody like myself, who I would much rather just like live in a cave and not ever interact with people, that's my way of dealing. That's not a, a feasible solution to the problem. I have to learn how to navigate and deal with people. And um, the the thing you can't do though is just constantly angry at everybody else for not doing everything you want them to do. Because you know what, they want everybody to do what they want them to do. Everybody is, we all have our competing interests and we all have to figure out a way to navigate those interests uh, together. And, and so you're not ever gonna get everybody to do everything you want them to do. Do I want all the slow people to get out of the left lane? Yes. Would, the tim- if, if, if I wouldn't go to jail, I would probably run into so many, I mean, I don't care about my vehicle. I can take the damage on the front. It wouldn't bother me at all to just nudge people out of the lane but i can't do that you know because i don't want to spend time in jail yeah my thing this drives me nuts in the center of the highway you know where you're making oh yeah left-hand turns what do you call that area the median the the median and so like uh people want to like hug it real close instead of like going down and leaving space so you can see traffic yeah yeah. and i i struggle like i'm i'm an aggressive person and uh I have multiple times driven in front of those cars into the grass around them on the driver's side just to prove a point. Like, uh. just, just, and they look at me like I'm stupid. And I am. I get it. In that moment, I'm stupid. But, but I, I refuse. I'm, I'm changing people yeah. on that. Yeah, I don't care what you say. I'm like, you I'm know like what I love s- is when you do that, and when you pull across and you do it the right way, where you, you know, it's like, so we can both see yeah. oncoming traffic. Yeah. Because that's the main concern is the cars yeah. that are on the highway driving 60 plus miles an hour yeah, that you don't want to pull them. into front of. And they flip you off or whatever because yeah. they think you're the one doing it wrong yeah. and it's like, hey, Jekyll, and like yeah um, read a driver's manual yeah you're the one pulling I'm on the telling wrong my side dad the other day like i'm gonna just like copy that out of the driver's manual maybe and start parking in front of those people like when they're real close block my car in and just like go hand it to yeah, them yeah just here you go have a great day i love you you know but actually there's but that's you know perfect example of you just can't i really hope some of the people that do this are listening right now that's my hope i mean if you listen to it the the Stop it. Stop it. I mean, yeah. go back. Do if, it right. If you can't see the traffic, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I mean, that's, well, you know, or, uh, golly, I could do a whole episode on Walmart. You know, people who, who I'm going to go look for something. I'm going to take my cart, and I'm going to turn it sideways across the aisle so nobody can get around. And then I'm going to just aimlessly wander for a while <laughs> and while everybody stands there and looks just ticked off at me. Like, what? why is everybody staring at me? Because we can't get on with doing what we're here for. Or feel really put out when you say, excuse me. Yeah. But, you know, go around? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could just go on and on, obviously, because there's some, because people are, a lot of people are just stupid. But, <laughs> um, 
you can't change them, you know. And I and I said I've interacted with a lot of people in recovery that are just angry, you know. They're angry at the world because, and it's like, yeah, man, you know what? And I've done this. I'm sure. I'm sure I'm the only one, but uh, as much as I rail against people that you know do stupid things while they're driving, I have I have also been known from time to time to you know back out of my parking spot and almost get nailed because I didn't pay attention and I didn't notice somebody or pull out you know and almost get nailed because I just happened to miss that one person now it's very rare that it's <laughs> happened but um, you know and it's purely accidental and it's uh, it's not because I'm because I'm it's not I'm not one of the stupid ones right but it's uh, you know we do stupid things and um, you know there's nothing we can do about that and so we have to stop expecting everybody to do everything we want them to do you know so um we have to come to the realization that one that everybody's broken we're all broken people right we're sinful people in a sinful world and um we're gonna we're gonna do things that are selfish you know because we're selfish people humans are selfish by nature we're going to do the things that are going to benefit us and especially in society as a whole we're we don't have relationships with people. I mean, you, you know that from your own experience that if you're out, you're, you're, you're going to do something to somebody you don't know a lot more quickly than you would somebody you do know, right? Have you ever been driving? And I think I've probably taught, used this example before, but, you know, say you've, uh, you know, again, come up against somebody that's going slow in the left lane or maybe you got cut off by somebody and you're uh, shaking your fist and hopefully just the fist, maybe not fingers, or, or <laughs> yelling at them or screaming, and then you pull up along some beside them, and then you realize you know that person, and you're like, oh, you start smiling, and waving, and all of a sudden your demeanor changes. The thing that the thing that you you know wronged you hadn't changed, right? The person did <laughs> did the wrong thing, but now all of a sudden because I know that person, it's like, well. I'm sure they just, they didn't mean it. It was an accident. You wouldn't give the benefit of a doubt if, if yeah. you didn't know them, right? Oh, yeah. And so um, that's just our nature. And so we got to understand that we're all sinful, broken people and that uh, we do stupid things. We all do stupid things, some more than others. And you, some of you need some self-awareness. But yeah. I will say this. If I did that to you, um, I was actually still really ticked off at you. I was just pretending not to be. So Yeah, if it's, if it's, I tell you, if it's people that know me, they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> and I'm sure that they're like, hey, this kid, we can watch this. I'm going to drive really slow. I know Pastor Rick would do that too. Oh, yeah. Actually, he has done that yeah, too. Yeah, well, I was driving just not even two weeks ago, and uh, he's got that new truck, so I couldn't, I didn't recognize it. I'm driving. And I'm in the fast lane, and I'm doing like 15 over, yeah. unless you're a cop listening. I was doing five under. Um, <laughs> but also this truck kind of veers into my lane just a little bit, not dangerously. And I'm like, that dirt bag <laughs> is that? And then I'm like, oh, man, it was Rick. Like, <laughs> saw me coming up. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. same here. Somebody Our pastor's a really good guy. Yeah, I think he's doing it on purpose, too. Yeah. Oh, uh, he... I mean, he, he's literally done it on purpose to me. He <laughs> realized it was me behind him and just kept slowing down. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, so one of the ways we deal with that is, is we try. Now, this is a really hard thing to do because I've tried it and I, and I have, I fail miserably at this, but you got to try to see people's God sees people, <laughs> um, you know, which is broken, right? God understands that you come from broken places and, um, and that they struggle with things the same as I struggle with things and they do stupid things the same as I do stupid things and God sent Jesus to die for them same as he sent to die for me and um, you know when you can do it it works it does 
but it's really hard to do that. <laughs> I got I to pray for this one constantly. I mean, yeah. I, I try to. I try to remember this um, because I do. I mean, this is one of those things. I mean, I, I believe that we need, you know, God's spirit for, for everything that's good. But this is really one of those areas. It's just like, you know, I'm just remembered of the story of Elijah. And uh, how do you say his name? Elisha. I always butcher it. But, yeah. you know, it's like God gave him a double portion. I'm like, God, I need a double portion right here. Help me to to see this jackhole like you see them, Lord. Just, um, he probably doesn't call him a jackhole. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's between me and God. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Well, you know, and then the the other thing that um, previous pastor of mine that used to call people that kind of challenge us, shall we say, he used to call them sandpaper people. And what he was talking about is that, you know, sandpaper, obviously it removes the rough spots on, on, on the wood, smooths it out, helps it to, you know, become something, something, you know, nice, right? And, um, Sometimes he said God uses sandpaper people to help refine us, mm. helps us. And, and God has put a lot of sandpaper people in my life to help smooth out some of my rough spots, help me to deal with people a lot, uh, let's say, gentler, more gently than I would have in previous yeah. times. So, was it Rick? Rick was that sandpaper No, person? no. Sand yeah, Rick, Rick is a sandpaper yeah. paper person. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor Rick, you know, this was a. a Another pastor who is, uh, yeah, not as not as sandpapery as Rick is, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm I'm a Janelle sandpaper. I'm a I'm a sandpaper spouse. So, oh yeah, yeah, I'm definitely a sandpaper spouse. I think all spouses are sandpaper people oh, yeah. to their spouse. Yeah. We we definitely help each other grow um, and and hopefully smooth out some of our rougher spots. But uh, you know, sometimes you know, with some people, you just have to. Th- you know, thank God, thank you, God, for helping, for using, you know, John Smith to make me a better person yeah. through trials and tribulations. <laughs> but you know, like I said, at the ultimately though, you can't change the people, and railing against humanity isn't isn't a winning strategy. You know, so that is one of the other things that we can't change. So we can't change the circumstances. You can't always change other people. And here's the, here's the third one is you can't always change you. Uh, now, wait a minute. Don't yeah. we sit there and say you need to change you to, you know, change your life and that yeah. kind of thing? Yes, we do. But there's certain th- certain certain circumstances about yourself that you can't change. So Aaron is not uh, we're going to be over six feet tall. You know, you can't can't change that about yourself you can't change your physical attributes you know if you're a man you're a man if you're a woman you're a woman that's not going to change regardless what society tells us nowadays um you know there's certain aspects about your personality there's you have strengths and you have weaknesses god gives you gifts and abilities um but there's like i said there's certain parts of our personalities that you know we have weaknesses in i'm my weaknesses uh, my weakness is I am not an empath. I'm not an empathetic person. That's just not who I am. It's not something I'm good at. Um, that doesn't make me a bad person. It just makes me aware of where my weakness is. Yeah. And so what I do is I try to surround myself with people that are strong in that area. Um, and typically people who are very empathetic aren't very strong uh, leaders, you know, yeah. because they're, they're afraid of hurting people's feelings. I am not that way. Hi. <laughs> 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 I say what I need to say, you know, a lot of times and, and, you know, help and it can help move things forward because, uh, feelings aren't high on my list of important things. Me on the other hand, I'm incredibly empathetic. (laughs) (laughs) That's sarcasm. Yeah, that is sarcasm. Um, 
But, you know, it, it is uh, one of those things. Was, we were having a conversation uh, with somebody uh, just a little while ago, and, and one of the things came to be, like, aggressive. And, you know, it's like, I, I, I know, like, me personally, I'm an aggressive personality type. And there's been some areas I've tried to change where I, I do try to be more sensitive. Um, but there's aspects of that, that that's who me are or who I am. And, and what I've personally, I've, what I've tried to do is discover what, what part of that comes from God, what part of that's come from wounds. And there was things that I could change. The aggressiveness and my tone and my motivation actually used to be a lot different. That's the big thing. What am I, what am I motivated towards in that? But honestly, what I came to realize is the aggression um, wasn't necessarily from the world. Like there's, there's an element of that that I believe God gave me to do something. Like Caleb said, like empathetic people who are, who are quiet or reserved or afraid of stepping on toes, they're not great leaders. Well, I believe God's placed me in leadership and, and this is a leadership quality. If used correctly, right? I had to, again, sift through some things and, and change the things that, that needed to be changed that could be changed and then lean into the things that, that weren't and just try to be more healthy in it. I still have a lot of growing to do if I've wounded you recently. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you can't always change you. There's aspects. You know, I'm also reminded of uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul. Um, and, you know, he talked about the thorn in his side. And it's like, I, I prayed for you to take it away. And it, it's still there. And um, and then he says, you know, in, in my weakness, you're strong. And so Paul began to, to lean into whatever that was, accept it. And as something that made him more dependent on God, I mean, what a what a profound point of view. Oh, this is my area um, that that is a thorn in my flesh that um, causes me to need God in a, a unique way. Um, and that that's one of the things we can do too. We may not be able to change, but maybe it's it can be leveraged um, for our relationship with Christ, or it can be leveraged for Jesus just to continue to to push the kingdom forward. And so begin to you know um, look at it just a little bit differently. Yeah. So, you know, in the different areas of your life where this will come into play is like, especially um, like career choices. You know, if you're unhappy with where you're at in your career, you know, maybe you're, you're pushing yourself into a place where that doesn't fit your strengths and you're, you're putting yourself into a place that, um, you know, that it's just playing to your weaknesses. And so you're just unhappy about that. And so, you know, you need to look at what, what are you good at? What do you enjoy to do? Um, what are you, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And then you need to start making choices based off those things. I mean, we can't improve those weaknesses up to a point and certain, there's certain things that, you know, maybe we're not their weaknesses just because we haven't improved them and we could we could could make them into strengths but then there's just areas that we're just not going to be good at you know i'm not the most relational person i've improved in that uh, you know i can be it just depends on how well i know somebody but um uh you know that's just not an area i've, I've like i said i've improved at. i'm not going to be a very charismatic person i'm not going to be a, a pastor rick you know but that's why he's a pastor and i'm not yeah. <clears throat> he, he can go in uh, my father-in-law is the same way it's can't go anywhere without him meeting somebody new he just is very charismatic but he's you know what he does for a living he he's in sales so i mean in, in this kind of a sales capacity so um he's very good at talking to people he's always just going up and just chatting with somebody and i would never think to do something like that because i'm just like i don't know i don't really want to establish a relationship with you i don't know you total stranger you know um so figure out what you what you're good at what your strengths are what your weaknesses are and stop fighting against you know trying to trying to push your weaknesses out front you know own your strengths god gave you those there's nothing wrong with that um play to those play to those live your life in accordance with what what you're good at what your what your strengths are stop trying to make yourself into something you're not and life will uh 
become a lot easier for you. Yeah, I think the, I think I, we see a lot of this unhealthiness in the sense that that we see people, we idolize people, we try to become those people, and we fail miserably at it. Um, especially again in today's society with reality TV and and even pop stars and things like that, and people gravitate towards this stuff, and then they're they aren't aware of who they are, and they're trying to change things about them to fit that, and then they're they're miserable in life they struggle with depression they're they're failing at uh, jobs or or relationships or whatever it is and so even i mean again have that awareness that you're you that's okay who you are is okay you don't need to be me you don't need to be um caleb you don't need to be somebody else that saw tv or or anything like that um just uh have that understanding it's you know, we've talked previously a lot about identity, and this is really where that comes into play. Discovering your identity in Christ and accepting that, accepting who you are, um, and just moving forward. And I get the um, the attraction towards that. I know when I first even stepped into ministry, I uh, there's a lot of stereotypical aspects of somebody who fulfills a pastoral role. Um, to be honest, there's a lot of my characteristics that don't fit in that. Um, there's a lot of my past <laughs> that doesn't fit into that. Does that make me unable to fill this role? No, I think I do it rather successfully. I mean, but it took me like understanding I won't be that. Um, I and just, just I mean, it was so hard in the beginning. I mean, I did really silly things like I went and bought um, what do you call those? The boots that are kind of like ankle high. I wouldn't know. Uh, Chucka boots. They're called Chucka boots. Chuckle okay. boots are gay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're just. I'll take you your word for yeah, it. Yeah, well, they are. And it's just, uh, I mean, for me, like, I just like. You're talking to a guy who who buy a pair of shoes for yeah. and then wear those till they fall yeah, it's apart. It's been the same pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah. Since high school, probably, right? Yeah, I mean, I've had these pair of shoes for like six something years. Yeah, I was talking about your Chucks you wear all the oh, time. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I went out and well, you know, I didn't actually own Chucks for a long time, and but then I did. But then what did I what did I do when those finally wore out? I bought the exact same pair, same color, yeah. same everything. That's Just, what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't know about your checker boots. Yeah, do you still well, have those? Um, not really. Just I wear mean, them on the weekends. Yeah, they're Is there it? in the closet. <laughs> There's still times like if I got to put on dress gay. slacks. Yeah. It's <laughs> well, and I went to the low tops actually, so I still have those, but yeah. I, I don't wear those anymore because it was one of those things. It was like something i saw and it's unlike me i don't do that i've never done that but i did it in this like i got in this unique environment i'd never been in this role this environment this type of thing and i fell victim to it like um what a lot of people do and it it wasn't working i can't do that there's no success there for me um and just being like that's not me um i'm i'm boots and jeans or i mean i have the oddest i mean i go from that to you know skater look i mean (laughs) so it's like two extremes that don't even mesh but yeah that's what's funny you know if if you were to take aaron and i's like backgrounds and just put them you know put person a at the top and then put put you know person b and put our backgrounds on paper and then have people pick who would have who do you think's a pastor (laughs) (laughs) to a to a person yeah i I would get 100 percent, and then i'd be like no i i would hate to be a pastor like (laughs) Like in, in the role that Aaron does it very very well. Yeah, I, I love it. I lean into it, and yeah, it's just like you look at none of the things. Like that doesn't fit at all. Yeah, I have a buddy. He's just like, like he's like on paper, you're a terrible person. That, that's the way <laughs> yeah. he describes it, and it's funny. And he'll say he's like, you know, in reality, I'm a bad person, and uh, but on paper, I look great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's I've I've been involved in ministry for my whole I mean, ever since I've been a teenager and and I've always struggled with 
you know, what, what, what's my role in ministry? Because every, every, you know, kind of ministerial role pulls you into, you know, very personal caring for people, talking and, you know, taking care of and, and you know, the pastoral kind of things. And I'm like, oh, every time I start getting into that, I'm like, I don't like this. Yeah. And then, you know, same thing in, in recovery here. It's like, um, that was part of it. And it was always a part I struggled with. And then, you know, we came to a place where like, you know what, I think Aaron would be a better person to do this. And yet, and it's allowed me to, to, to stay in a organizational leader, administrative type position without having to do the part that I would be really bad at, which is the more interpersonal stuff. Yeah. And all this um, stuff he's really good at. I mean, I'd be bad at if I had to do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> But that, I mean, that's a picture of leaning into who God created you to be and your strengths, being aware of them. Like I have to be aware. Like um, I remember when we had that conversation, it's like, you can't leave. <laughs> like that's, I, can't, <laughs> I can't do those things. Um, it'll fail. Um, and, and just being, being aware of that, that I, that we need um, people in those areas, wherever your area is, don't try to necessarily conform and be that. Um, it's okay that you're not, um, but maybe find people in your life that can help you there. Um, and with whatever it may be, I know Rick's got a great story, you know, when he finally realized that he'll never be organized. And so he puts organized people around him. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> um, at least he knows he's supposed to. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't gotten around to it. He's not organized <laughs> enough to get organized people around him. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, you know, so, so, um, you know, if you're, if you're feeling frustration in your life, you know, look at, are you trying to put yourself, are you trying to pigeonhole yourself into some sort of idealized version of what you think you should be? No. Look at what you're actually good at, what you actually enjoy doing, and then start to, to trim away those things that don't fit with that you know i mean like i said we're gifted we have abilities we have personalities um that are, are suited for certain things start start to conform your life around that versus you know like like aaron said you know like a social media idea of what you should be or you know a cultural idea of what you should be or what you should be doing um uh, yeah i'm not going to get off on this too much but you know we see that uh with uh, women where we've, you know, this third wave feminist movement where, where we've had, you know, women should be doing everything that men are doing. And then they've tried to do that. You know, they tried to pursue fa uh, careers over family. And, um, and now, you know, 20 years later, you find all these, these ladies are approaching middle age that are, are very unhappy because they haven't, they haven't had a family. They haven't done those things that they're, you know, more naturally suited to do. And I'm not saying women shouldn't work. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying is that, Putting putting career over family is is not typically in a in a woman's nature, whereas it is for a man yeah. to do that kind of thing. You know, a lot of men are upset if they haven't had a family, per se. So, but you're finding a lot of unhappiness amongst in in women because, again, they've been convinced that they should be doing things this way versus how they've been created to be. I've seen so, men miserable the other way. Yeah, who tried to conform into. Uh, a mother's role, you know, in the household and stay home and not work and, and ignore the fact that God created men to, to create, you know, it's like in just a different way and they end up miserable as yeah. well and yeah. struggling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Since we've, and we've talked about it before, but since we've, yeah, flipped masculinity on its head and we yeah. have a lot of young men who are very unhappy and uh, feel very you know, uh, purposeless, purpose, purposeless, yeah. directionless. I can't say, I can't speak tonight, the, this afternoon in their lives. So, um, anyway, yeah, that's what happens when we go kind of against our strengths and our nature and our abilities. Um, so 
And then we have one bonus one. I'm just going to throw it in there because we have been, it's just been one of those things that have been talked about, uh, we've been talking about kind of offline, but we've talked about this before. Another thing too, if you, if you want to stop fighting kind of against the, against the grain, like we talked about a few weeks ago, stop fighting upstream is to stop, you, is you can't change uh, the Bible or Christianity to fit your narrative. Yeah. Right. And we've talked about that in, in the, in the area of relationships, in the, um, uh, in, in the area of like, um, just faith in general, like what Christianity actually is. Um, if you find that you're struggling with your faith, if you're a Christian, uh, are you are you living out your faith as, as the Bible talks about, or are you trying to do buffet religion, where you take the things you like, you leave the things you don't like, and, and then God ends up looking a lot like you? If that's if that's, uh, and, and then you wonder why you're struggling in your faith. Yeah. It's like, well, it's because you're you've, you're you've made yourself God, basically. Um, the Bible is specific about certain things, and we don't get to pick and choose what we like, what we don't like. Yeah. You know, so well, we do see that where I mean, people are trying to just bend been the word of God around their life to fit and to fill in all the spaces and it's exactly opposite of what we should do we should bend to it right that that's the point um, or part of the point you know God's word saves us and is a result of our salvation we endeavor to do the good work that pleases God um, and so we have to stop doing that and it's it's a sickness lately and there's all sorts of areas that unfortunately we don't have the time to really really get into on this one um, but they do. I've seen it where they're trying to skew words even. Well, the the Greek and the, the Hebrew really meant this, um, and this was a made-up word. And then if you really study it, though, that, that's not even what happened. They'll do that, or they'll take out um, cultural references that, that are skewed um, and don't apply, mm -hmm. um, or um, don't apply to that time, time frame. You know, it's like, well, maybe that's the cultural reference now, but 2,000 years ago, it was completely different. And um, so we do have to be very careful, you know, as we grow in our walk, grow in our faith of, of false teaching. Um, God's word warns of that. Um, was it Paul or John who warned of it? Maybe John. That's like, just be, be, be aware of false teachers that, that will come about and, you know, toss you to and fro with their, their teachings and, and knock you, of course. And so we have a lot of that. And I mean, it, I think it's really prevalent again in, in today's culture, new age um, just kind of revolution in theology and in Christianity that that's pulling people away from the core fundamentals and um, what's what's true and um, what's true is not what we feel. Um, there's not there's no point where the, which God's word becomes dated or irrelevant. Um, no matter how much cultural culture shifts, it's it's the truth. Um, nothing that that we do is truth unless it's completely um, found and seeded and built upon God's word. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. So if you, like I said, if you if you're living, you know, supposedly living a Christian life, and you're just like, man, I just don't understand. You know, I don't feel this connection. It's like, well, you know, how much of it are you actually living? You know, or, yeah. you know, God, you know, love is love, and you know, God doesn't have a problem with us living together before we love get married. Love is love, and, and God is love. And God don't is you love think He wants me to be happy? Yeah, like, God just wants uh, me to be happy. No, it's not about you. Yeah. You know, actually, that's not. Yeah, it's. Um, <clears throat> I was just thinking about, you know, that there's been a kind of a shift in um, some worship music here lately where, you know, you, a lot of a lot of lyrics talking about, you know, Jesus leaving the, the, the 99 to find the one and how I just hear in the song uh, and um, 
talking about just how special we are. And it's like, no, God, God didn't do that for you. God did that for his glory. Yeah. You know, God saves us for his glory, not for you. You know, I'm, I'm glad he did. I appreciate it. Yeah. But it's not about you. And well, we take that, those it's verses. Modern, yeah. it's, it is. It's the, the me-centered gospel mm-hmm. versus the Jesus-centered gospel. Right. And it's a real easy trap to fall into. Yeah. And so, so yeah, we in the in, for such a time as this, right, where we're, we have become just everything is me-centered. And so, you know, um, you know, just this misunderstanding of our faith and, and what the Bible tells us. And, um, and then again, bending it to, to what we wanted to say or, you know, well, I want to do this thing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do some mental gymnastics to, to, to rationalize it against the Bible. So then I don't feel guilty about what I, I'm going to do anyway. And then I, you know, down the line, I wonder why I feel this disconnect from God. It's like, well, because you're not living living out your faith the way it's supposed to be. And so um, quit trying to do that. Quit trying to change the Bible to fit your narrative. Um, quit, you know, try to, to, to fit your, your narrative around the Bible, you know, and then we've talked about that before. Don't let, don't let culture shape your worldview. Let your worldview shape your culture as far as, you know, I'm going to look at everything through the lens of, the, of my faith um, and determine if that's right or wrong versus, you know, using my, my culture, my, my perspective to determine if I think the Bible is right or wrong. Yeah. So, um, anyway. I like this statement as we close. It says this, God's desire is to make us holy that's set apart, not temporarily happy. I mean, it is yeah. when you look at it and, and it's to glorify him. That's the kind of the purpose behind it. Um, but I think that's it for today. That's it for today. I think that's, that's enough. So yeah. quit shaking your fist at the sky, people. And <laughs> getting angry you know what grinds it. my gears? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope you all got that reference. Uh, <laughs> but, man, we, we do, man. Just uh, we're grateful that you were with us today, journeying with us, and uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, be sure to go back, check out previous um, episodes. Don't go back too far because we really sucked back then. <laughs> um, check us out on uh, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Like, share our content. I do want to remind everybody, YouTube's a great resource for content that's divided uh, according to topic. Um, and then, of course, wherever you listen to your uh, podcast, be sure to give us just a, a great review on that. Um, and like, if you share. have questions, again, we, you know, I don't think we've said this in a while, but if yeah, you have man. questions for us or if you have suggestions for, hey, would you guys talk about this or what do you think about that? Or again, if you have questions or even if you want to criticize us, we'll, we'll eviscerate you oh, yeah. on air. Yeah. That'll be fine. Absolutely. Um, but more of the questions and the comments and the, the uh, like I said, ideas, suggestions uh, for something you want to hear us talk about, by all means, send them in. Yeah, uh, you can do it at info at cedarpoint.church or um, you can reach me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at cedarpoint.church. Um, and we could filter it through that and would just, again, I, I would love to criticize you um, on air. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, man, we, in spite of that, you know, statement, we do love you, care about you, glad you're here. <laughs> um, hope that you have a, a great week and we'll catch you right back here next time. <laughs>